Hello everyone, another episode of Developer Advocate Story and uh, with me today, uh, Q, <laughs> how are you? I am well, how are you? Very good, very good. Uh, can you tell uh, a little bit uh, about yourself? You know, uh, from where are you? How do you reach this uh, Developer Advocate uh, role and uh, whatever you can share, uh, share from, uh, from you? Sure. So I'm based in Buffalo, Niagara, New York. So right by Niagara Falls, I actually am 10 to 15 driving minutes from it, just to give you an idea of where that is roughly. Um, I work in developer advocacy because I actually, for most of my career, I was doing the more, I guess, direct instead of tech adjacent, like the most direct tech type roles. I was doing DBA work as a database admin. I was doing like what's now called SRE, but at the time it was just various forms of cloud engineering and whatever title <laughs> was happening there. And while I was doing all of that locally to here in Buffalo, I was also running a group that at the time was called GDI. Um, it's now called Inclusive Tech Buffalo. But basically it was helping underrepresented groups in our area have sustainable careers in tech, providing mentorship, some introductory classes and the things you might expect. Mm -hmm. um, and someone who's in the DevRel community here in the United States noticed what I was doing. And he's like, you know, you can get paid for like kind of hybridiz hybridizing that. Um, it's called developer advocacy. <laughs> and I was like, my volunteer work could be paid work. <laughs> um, and that is how I kind of hopped from technology into, which, I mean, developer advocacy is still technology, but it's it's a different take on it, right? We're not, depending on your flavor, but we're not normally working in production or doing the things that we normally do. And one of the stories I like to tell, like shortly, a lot is, um, before I started at PageDuty, but after I was a developer advocate, I met the PageDuty advocates at the time. Whoa. <laughs> I'm like, how do you like our product? Your company uses our product. And I'm like, I know, but it was really cathartic to uninstall you because I'm not a normal rotation right now. <laughs> and they were like, okay, that, that's okay. We understand. <laughs> so, so really, really, really nice story. So uh, yeah. you said something very important. I think I was talking before that with a developer advocate for Facebook, and he told me that before you became a developer advocate, you should be a technical person, a developer, and someone that has really the, the, the technical uh, story. And, uh, and I think I agree with, with him. And it's really funny how, you know, for many roles, they, 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 they reach the, the developer advocacy. But do you feel that it's something that it needs to come from, from you? You know, you, you, there is some kind of uh, uh, personal things that you need to be to be a, a good uh, developer advocate? So there are some things that make you a good developer advocate, but I do slightly disagree on needing to be a technologist just because the developer advocacy field is very broad. Right. So if you are in one of the developer advocacy roles at a company that makes a product that's being developed by developers, usually with an open source component and exposed API and all the stuff you'd expect, you'll have advocates that are deep diving into code and on the regular. So like uh, the Google advocates do, um, I think the Honeycomb advocates do, so on and so forth. You can go through the list of people who are active coders, but then you also have advocates at companies that make tools for developers but those tools are being consumed and not coded by developers. Mm -hmm. And in that case, I, I don't, you need to have technological awareness. You need to be aware of the field, but because you, you're not writing code or training people on how to make pull requests and things like that, 
I don't think you need it as much. The deep, the deep, the deep yeah, I think that is right. a, great, a great point. Yeah, a great point. Like and when you I, think about you know, what makes a good advocate to kind of dig into your question, it's, a, it's hugging a few different fields. It's hugging dev and it's also hugging marketing and product. So if you're at a company where you don't need to be a coder, you can have a background in marketing and, for, and or product and get the technical knowledge that you need and hybridize that way. Whereas if you're at a company that needs you to code, you need to come in with a technological background and then hybridize with marketing and product. That's my opinion. So knowing what type of companies you're applying to in terms of like that type of skill set, I think really will drive your success um, for that. And then for the rest of the things that make a good advocate, Mostly advocates, the things that are common to us is that we're making content and appearing with our faces. And there's a certain amount of, you know, having good writing skills can help being able to develop your writing skills if you don't also can help. Some of us don't. I mean, I had to develop mine because I hadn't had to like write since I was in college when I switched to advocacy, which is about a 10 year gap. So Mm -hmm. like you have to refresh those skills um, when you start doing them again. And the other thing that I think makes a good advocate is I think you, there's a lot of people who talk about stage fright and we get on stages in the normal times. We get on virtual stages now. It's a little different, but being able to talk to other humans helps and not getting in your head about it helps. Um, One example I like to give of this is before shutdown um, last year or the year before time is weird now. I was at DevOps Days Toronto and there was like 900 people or so, I think they said in their audience that, that, that were actually live there. But it's so large, your brain can't actually take all that in and there's lots of lights and you're focused on your presentation anyway. So it sounds like, it sounds as big as it is, but yeah. if you get in your head about it, you're gonna freak out. Yeah. But if you just let the lighting work for you, and by that, I mean the lighting's in your face and you can't see people very well unless you're like really trying to, like if you just let that environment work for you, you can actually overcome a lot of the more anxiety provoking aspects of this type of job and just do it. And then offstage being personable helps being able to just make jokes and strike conversation with people varying backgrounds, especially if you're at a company that has you traveling more um, outside of your locale, right? So some companies like Microsoft have a lot of DevRels and they're, yeah. you know, they might be traveling like domestic to their country or domestic to their continent or whatever makes sense. Um, but if you're at a company that's like flinging you around, you definitely want to make sure that you're very aware of where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, you share a lot of uh, uh, good points, uh, but uh, the, yes, the, the developer advocacy, this is something that we really want to do in this show. Is to show the different roles and uh, and uh, and things that we with uh, that you do. I am not a developer, okay, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's really wide the, the idea. And maybe uh, uh, something I don't know uh, uh, another cool story or, or or interesting story that you can share with us about uh, something that happened to you during your work. Sure. So one of the earliest conferences I attended when I switched into developer advocacy. I was still working at Logs.io at the time and I was at Monorama EU. So this is when it was in Amsterdam and it was my first time in Amsterdam and I was so excited. And I got into my head that I wanted to try Dutch food because this is what you do. I mean, I traveled to Tel Aviv and I tried your food. I was like, yeah, I'm going to try, I'm going to try Dutch food. Yeah. Well, I mean, I ate, I ate shashuka and everything. Like I was, 
y'all are great. <laughs> and I appreciate you. So I'm in the Netherlands now. I'm like, I just want to try natively Dutch food. And a couple of the attendees were like, we conquered the world to not eat our food. I was like, there's got to be someplace. And they're like, we're coming to watch. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like, because I found a place that was within walking distance of the venue <laughs> to like try natively touch food. Um, and now the attendees want to watch me eat because they wanted to see how it was going to go and mistakes were made is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and so we go there and they all order whatever they, whatever they get. And normally when I'm when I get to travel internationally, I try to order something I don't recognize because if I recognize that I can have it here, what am I doing? Yeah. So I, I don't, to that end, I don't actually know what I ordered. I just kind of pointed and was like, what's this? And, <laughs> you know, and so they brought out, um, they make this dish that I still can't remember the name of that is basically you have the potatoes and the meat and the vegetables kind of blended together and cooked that way. I tried really hard. It was really hard for me. <laughs> and, and this waitress was like, oh, are you okay? You know, and I, and I was like, I just landed yesterday. I landed the day before. I just landed yesterday. My body is really tired. And she's like, oh, I'll bring you coffee and chocolate. I'm like, I'm so glad you understand me. <laughs> so she brought me coffee and chocolate. And I had that for lunch instead. <laughs> Meanwhile, the table's cracking up because they knew exactly how this was going to go. <laughs> I think that uh, this is uh, one of the interesting stories that we had, and uh, and this is only uh, I think that all the matters to try uh, to fly to to be in other places, meet other people, uh, cultures, and uh, you know, and try to connect. I think that this is a, a really a, a great story. So uh, yeah. thank you very much, uh, uh, Q, for your time. Uh, you are in the morning, we are in the night right now. So uh, <laughs> thank you also to every, everybody and until the next one, bye-bye.